Hey, welcome into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. This podcast, we talk about sports events, topics, and players. Come follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Facebook is TCAM's Sports Podcast, and the Instagram page is TCAM underscore sports underscore podcast. Shows will be posted when they go live, and even some bonus episodes will be posted during the week. Normal episodes are posted Fridays at 5. Comment your thoughts on the shows. Leave some topics you would like for me to discuss on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Now on to the episode. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's been a couple weeks, but I wanted to let the first round of the NHL and NBA playoffs go through. We also had the NFL draft coming up, UFC 288 with Cahuto and Sterling in the mix. So lots of stuff we're going to talk about today, lots of stuff we're going to get into. The first topic, however, we are going to jump into is the NFL draft. What an interesting draft overall. First round pick goes to the Carolina Panthers. Quarterback Bryce Young out of Alabama. Heisman Trophy winner. Bryce Young, special player. We all knew they were going to go to the the quarterback position as that was where they were looking. Carolina, I like their picks. You know, getting Adam Thielen, adding him as a receiving core, adding some other receivers after losing DJ Mortar to the Chicago Bears and acquiring the first round pick. Carolina is looking ahead at a bright future. Now, there are questions about Bryce Young, his height, and I know that's a huge question mark, but I'm not going to I'm not going to say that's a big factor because of he played in the SEC and he really never got hurt, so Bryce definitely has a chance to be really good in the NFL. For the second and third pick of the first round, this was the surprising. I knew the Houston Texans were looking at a quarterback, but I was also hearing they were looking at getting somebody on the defense. Now, acquiring D'Amico Ryans as the head coach in this offseason, big piece, so didn't surprise me they would try to roll defense. However, I did not see them making a trade, the third pick from the Cardinals, acquiring C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. They are two of the best five players coming out of this draft. I don't think C.J. Stroud would be where he is if he did not play Georgia in the college national playoffs. You know, he he was good, but we didn't know what he was going to see last time we seen him when he played Michigan. He didn't look too great against Michigan. To play the way he did against Georgia, to take Georgia down to the wire, and should have beaten them, but their kicker shanked the kick. C.J. Stroud's going to be special in Houston. I think he has all the potential in the world to bring that organization back to life. Acquiring Will Anderson, he was the best edge rusher in this draft. Will Anderson, dominant force in the SEC. Definitely a, a top player coming out of this draft, and he's going to be impressive, especially in that D'Amico Ryan's defense. Will Anderson's going to be showing up this year. The fourth pick of the draft from the Annapolis Colts was Anthony Richardson. I knew they wanted to go quarterback. I didn't think they'd go Anthony Richardson. Am I surprised that they did? In a way, not really, because he's talent-wise, the guy has all the talent in the world. He's one of the most talented players we had seen coming into the NFL. He doesn't have that much experience on the football field as a quarterback, especially in the college level, only playing 17 games. You could fix him. If you can fix him and get him right and get him to play the way he needs to play, 
Anthony Richardson could be really great, or he could be a bust, for all we know. So, I don't know what to expect from him. I'm not surprised the Colts went quarterback, because I know that's where they needed to. They needed to head this way three years ago, but instead they just keep normally trading for an older quarterback to try to take this team somewhere, but it doesn't get it done, so to move to Anthony Richardson, I'm not mad about it. The Seattle Seahawks had the fifth pick, and I'm only going to be highlighting some of the picks that I thought were interesting. Devin Witherspoon. I was surprised they took a corner this early because I definitely thought they would go Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter is the best defensive player coming out of this draft. Athletically, he's the best player in the draft. I thought they would definitely try to go Jalen Carter, but Devin Witherspoon, the best corner in the draft. I I like it, and I kind of thought about it. You know, they already have a... Pretty good, not a great defense, but some key players on defense. And when they had the Legion of Boom, who were their two best players on defense? That was Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor. Well, you got your corner in Devin Witherspoon. Is he the next Richard Sherman? Only time will tell. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. For the Atlanta Falcons in the eighth pick, getting Bijan Robinson. This one shocked me a little bit. I knew Bijan was going to be a top runner running back in this draft. And I knew he would go sometime in the first round, but I didn't expect the Atlanta Falcons to pick him up so early. Atlanta had a pretty good run game last year to jump at Bijan Robinson when they really need receivers or they need defense or they could have used another offensive tackle, I'd say, for them to make this mark and go to Bijan Robinson. I'm not too sure what they're doing. They need a lot more positions filled, but I guess it is what it is. They want to keep that power run back that they've been running over the past year. So I don't think it's a good move for them, but it is what it is. B. John Robinson's going to be effective in Atlanta. There's no doubt about that. I just don't think it's what they really needed. Now, the Eagles probably had the best first round in the entire draft. Getting Jalen Carter at the ninth pick, that's a big-time move. Jalen Carter, obviously, has gone through a lot of trouble off the field. But I think this guy really realizes that, hey, it's time to get to work and it's time to you know, stop messing around. Jalen Carter is going to be big time for this defense. And the Eagles just keep making moves. They keep trying to win. They want to win. And it was good to see Jalen Carter now on a team where he's joining a lot of his old teammates from Georgia. So there's going to be a lot of mixture of you know good feelings and emotions with these guys. And he's going to you know roll with these guys really well. So... I like that pick. Tennessee Titans, Peter Skronowski, offensive tackle from Northwestern. I'm not too sure this is what they needed. They really needed a receiver. I thought they'd probably run Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, but they apparently want to booster the offensive line for Derrick Henry. Well, the bad part is that's all they got because they don't have much to throw to. I mean, Traylon Burks is nobody to sleep on, but there's nobody else outside of Traylon Burks to throw the ball to. So I think they needed another receiver for Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis, whoever they decide they're going to start. They drafted Will Levis later on in the draft because we're only going through the first round. So who are they going to throw the ball to? No idea. Got no idea who they're going to throw the ball to. So outside of Traylon Burks, who knows, man. The Lions had the 12th pick. Now the Lions had a very interesting draft, especially the first round, picking up Jameer Gibbs from Alabama and Jack Campbell from Iowa. Jameer Gibbs can run the slot really well. He's a good, elusive, fast back. 
that will be very, very good for the Detroit Lions. And I understand why they really made this pick, now trading DeAndre Swift to the Philadelphia Eagles. Jameer Gibbs is definitely somebody they need, and to be paired with David Montgomery, who's now back there with him, they're going to have a very, very good run core this year. To pick Jack Campbell, I know they need a defense. They took care of their DBs in the offseason with free agencies, but now they have you know, keep stacking the box on defense. Jack Campbell is definitely a guy out of Iowa who's going to be very effective for them, and I thought overall they had a pretty good draft. For Pittsburgh Steelers, my team, Broderick Jones in the first pick of the draft. I understand it, and I didn't understand it. I wouldn't mind if we'd have gotten Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, but we also got Joey Porter in the beginning of the second round. I'll take Broderick Jones. Just keep stacking the box for Pittsburgh. So we'll talk about some teams that I didn't understand why they made these picks. Let's start with the New York Jets. Will McDonald the fourth? The Steelers traded the Patriots for the 14th pick. I'm assuming the Jets wanted Broderick Jones for the offensive line since they got Aaron Rodgers and they got this whole crew good together now. Will McDonald, a little smaller guy, a little speedy, but he's also not very big for an edge rusher. Like, for his size, he's just not very big for an edge rusher. I don't know if Will McDonald would be any good. He'd come out of Iowa State, and as we all know, Big 12 doesn't have the greatest defense in the world. Will, Will McDonald be good? I think the Jets reached on him. I think he really could have been picked in the third round, third or fourth round, but I guess they were kind of in a panic and they didn't know what to do, so they just went to their next position and took Will McDonald the fourth. Another one I didn't understand was the Seattle Seahawks 20th pick, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't know how I feel about this pick because they already have Tyler Lockett. They have DK Metcalf. Geno Smith is going to be the starter this year. I don't know exactly how adding Jackson Smith and Jigba makes you better, I mean, obviously, it's going to give another receiver for Geno to throw the ball to. I definitely think they should have made more moves on defense. Definitely should have, they should have picked up another defensive player. But that's who they decided to go with. And they're obviously going to have a good offense, but I don't know so much about their defense this year. The Minnesota Vikings 23rd pick for Jordan Addison. No freaking idea why the Minnesota Vikings thought it'd be a good idea to go with Jordan Addison. No clue. Not one clue. I mean, they already have Justin Jefferson. I understand they dropped Adam Thielen. But they still have TJ Hawkinson. They have a good offense the way it is. You know what the Vikings were very poor at last year? Defense. They were horrible in defense last year. And they decided to go Jordan Addison as the first pick? I don't understand it. I don't know why they did that. That makes no sense to me. So that's why they're on my list. Is I don't know why they're on the list. Is I don't understand why they made these picks. I really don't. I don't understand why they would draft Jordan Addison that early. I'm not saying Jordan Addison's not going to be a stud. This has no nothing to do with Jordan Addison. This has everything to do with the Minnesota Vikings. Why do you need Jordan Addison? You have Justin Jefferson. He's the best receiver in football. You have TJ Hawkerson. Like, you have an offense. I'm sorry. I don't know why you need Jordan Addison. Going on later in the draft, the Buffalo Bills trading up to pick up Dalton Kincaid. Now, don't get me wrong. Dalton Kincaid out of Utah is going to be something special. Do the Buffalo Bills really need Dalton Kincaid? No. They have Dawson Knox. And we all knew the Cowboys wanted Dalton Kincaid since they lost Dalton Schultz. I don't understand why they went Dalton Kincaid. Not too sure about that. But I guess it's another weapon for Josh Allen, even though I think they probably need defense out of this draft or maybe a receiver. I just don't see exactly 
how Dalton Kincaid helps them a bunch. Like he'll, yeah, he'll be a good run block. He'll definitely be a good run blocker. But I'm not too sure how Dalton Kincaid, unless they plan on moving Dawson Knox, I'm not too sure how that works out for them. Eagles, like I said, you know, I'm going back to them being the best pick in the draft. Edge rusher out of Georgia, Nolan Smith. Eagles are just stacking the box with Georgia players on defense. Like these teams have won the national championship. They got so many guys that were on that roster. And it's crazy to see. So I like to pick Eagles definitely won the draft for me. They definitely won the draft. They're definitely making moves. So that is the NFL draft. I guess I can highlight two more picks that I thought were interesting. I called this Quentin Johnston to the Chargers. Built like Mike Williams, runs like Mike Williams, plays like Mike Williams. Pretty much Mike Williams the second. Just healthier and going to be better. And going to help, obviously, Justin Herbert and Keenan and uh, Kellen Moore on the offense. So that'd be good to see. Baltimore signing Lamar to a big contract, getting OBJ, God save Flowers. I'm pretty sure they wanted Jackson Smith and Jigba. I wanted them to get Jackson Smith and Jigba if it was anybody on the board still. Zay Flowers, small guy, very speedster, going to help them out. Definitely they needed a receiver. So I wasn't going to be mad if they picked Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison, so whoever they decided. But that is the discussion on the NFL. For our next topic, we are going to talk about the NHL. And I'm actually going to be bringing on or a little segment from the countdown this week. With Hunter and I, we talked about the NHL and playoffs and what the first round recap really was. So, Hunter, we're going to now jump into the NHL first round playoff discussion. The Boston Bruins and the Colorado Avalanche collapsed. And not only did Boston collapse, they collapsed in three straight games and lost to the Panthers. Hunter, the 65-win team, the record-breaking team, the team that looked unstoppable, lost three straight games and lost Game 7 at home in overtime. What is your overall reaction to the Boston Bruins losing? Okay, first of all, I'm going to say this. If anyone's asking me which one was worse, obviously it was Boston. Colorado would have to fight to tie the series up again and again and again. So, and Colorado lost a lot. Like they lost their starting goaltender Darcy Kemper. They they lost uh, that one guy. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm a butcher it, so I'm just gonna. But he plays for the Flames now. I know his name. I just can't pronounce it right, and I don't want to butcher it. So, which one was worse? Obviously, Boston. Obviously, going up three to one, and you let Florida come right back in and tie it at seven. And yet, not only did you let them tie it. When you were up three to one, you were up three to two in Game Seven on your home ice with a minute left, and you give up a goal. With a minute left. On the with clock. a with a minute left, exactly a minute, and they give up a goal with fifty nine seconds left, and I'm like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" I'm very disappointed in Boston. I mean, you went from being, you know, edge of your teeth getting in the playoff, losing a wild card round to, like, you were the best team. Like, you won the President's Trophy. You had the most points ever in the NHL history, and you go up 3-1, to one and you can't close it out. Multiple opportunities. Boston choked. I mean, it's probably one of the worst chokes in NHL history, but I give the Florida Panthers a lot of credit. They persevered. They fought. And I 
tip my hat off to him. No one called him winning. And uh, also to the Seattle Kraken for knocking off the defending champions. That was unbelievable. Franchise first playoff appearance two years into the league. And the Kraken not only made the playoffs, but they won it against the Stan defending Stanley Cup champions. So a new champion will be crowned. Watching the Panthers and Bruins game, in, in the first period, the Panthers looked like they had it. The momentum was in their favor. Oh, yeah, the Bruins gained it back. And then at the very last second, when it looked like the Bruins were finally going to close them down, the Panthers score a goal, and they rolled to overtime. And as soon as they scored that goal, you kind of could tell it was going to go in the Panthers' way because Boston did not expect that. Boston did not expect to have to go to overtime with them in the Game 7. So, like you said, congratulations to the Florida Panthers. Persevered worked hard, proved to everybody that Boston wasn't the best team, and they're moving on. For Boston, great overall achievement this season, but it doesn't matter when you can't win in the playoffs. So it's a disappointing end to a brilliant, fabulous season that they had. For the Seattle Kraken, like you said, surprise, wildcard team. Didn't expect to beat the defending champions. Didn't expect them to take it seven, and they did. This team has been in the league for two years. This is their second year in the league. Like, they were an expansion yeah. team. Like, they have they have no playoff experience. Like, I mean, they are a whole new team. And their second year, they make it to the postseason. And they beat the Stanley Cup champions. That's impressive and insane and unheard of. We can highlight the Canes moved on into the second round. Golden Knights moved on to the second round. Maple Leafs moved on to the second round. Yeah, Toronto finally broke their first round exit course. Oilers moved on to the second round. The Stars moved on. And then the last game seven we had of the first round, the Devils and the Rangers. And the Devils destroyed the Rangers in game seven, four to nothing. I had the Rangers winning this series in seven. I did not expect the Rangers to lose four to nothing. They got shut out. I was very impressed with the Devils new goaltender, the goaltender switch. Give that new goalie credit, man. He he showed up on the brightest lights and the brightest stage and he shut out a stacked Rangers team and I was very very shocked. So now we got a couple good interesting series for round 2. Hunter, the Devils and Hurricanes, how far do you think this is going? Canes winning six. Oilers and Golden Knights. I got the Oilers in seven. Panthers and Maple Leafs. I really, really want to see Toronto and the and the Carolina Hurricanes. But they're down one nothing. But they were down one nothing against Tampa. Yeah. The problem with Toronto that I don't feel like a hundred percent confident is because Florida has defense and the Maple Leafs don't. They need more besides bunting. And they need guys to step up. So I'm kind of 50-50. It would be cool to see Florida though win. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Florida. I think that I think Toronto gets knocked out in the second round. Would you say the best series could be the Kraken and the Stars? Because after game one, that thriller that was game one, for the Stars to go up, then the Kraken to jump back into it, go up 4-2, then the Stars to come back, and... The, Listen, the Kraken had a chance to go up 5-2 at one point. But then for them to go into overtime and evidently come out 5-4, to four, 
Do you think this has a chance to go seven games? I mean, it might. I think the Stars and Kraken will go seven. I will be very, very disappointed if if it goes six. If it only goes six. I think this is going to go seven. And that's why I love playoff hockey so much. is because you see a lot of game sevens. You don't see a lot of game sevens in the NBA. We saw, what, one? We saw one. Most of it was over in five. Hockey just goes deeper. It's just more competitive. It's just funner to watch. It's going to be an interesting second round. It was a great first round. I, to- I think I, I think I the only you. team I haven't I haven't really watched yet is the Golden Knights. That's the only one I haven't really watched yet. The the Golden Knights are stacked, and and they they are stacked. But here's the thing about Vegas: they they choke. They they, they are known for choking. But then you say they have like they have a whole bunch of talent though. Oh yeah, they have Jack Eichel. They got uh, Stone. They have. Uh, Petrangelo is a defenseman. They have a lot of talent, man. A lot of talent. Shea Theodore is also a defenseman. They have a lot of guys that can really sling the puck. And here's the thing. For how stacked that defense is, you you wouldn't believe it because they give up so many goals. And I don't understand why. So either way, the NHL is going to be a fun second round. And we're going to see who comes out this time. Maybe have some surprises again. Maybe the Panthers move on. That'd be awesome. That really would be awesome to see the Panthers move on. See, I really want to see Toronto and, and Carolina. I want Carolina to break out of the second round and go to the... Because, you know, Carolina always goes second round. Like, Carolina always goes second round. They always win first round easy, like, you know, six, five games, whatever. I want Carolina to break out of the second round. I want them to go to a conference finals, and I want them to go to the Stanley Cup because... I'm a huge Jordan Stahl fan, and he's the captain, and this guy deserves a ring, and I want Carolina to finally do it. Definitely will be interesting. That was our NHL segment from the countdown this past Thursday. If you want to listen to that, it is on WPKM 96.3 The Beat every Thursday at 5 p.m. Next, we are going to jump into... The NBA. One of the best times of the year. We are actually going to cover the recap on the first round of the NBA. There was a lot of good series, but we we highlighted in the beginning of the playoffs, you know, who was going to be the best series to watch, and this and that. So for the Boston Celtics, they played the Atlanta Hawks. They went six games. Atlanta looked pretty good through some of these games. They definitely put up a fight, more than a fight than I thought they would on the Celtics. Obviously, the Celtics made it out. And they moved on to the next round. Same with the Philadelphia 76ers in the East. Played the Nets. They beat the Nets in four games. They swept them. Expected. They We thought they were going to do well, and they did. The Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference, they, they played well against Minnesota. Went five games with Minnesota and shut them out. So that was that was expected by them for the Phoenix Suns. Beating the Los Angeles Clippers without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, it was kind of devastating because I truly think if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George played in that series or just Kawhi Leonard would have played the rest of the series, the Clippers actually are playing the Sun, the, the Nuggets right now. But the Suns made it out, stacked team, and they are just they are really special. The Knicks beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in five games. Unexpected. I picked them to go seven. And Knicks to win in seven. That didn't happen. The Miami Heat beat the Milwaukee Bucks in five games. Really didn't see that one coming. Miami's been really good 
since they got into the playoffs, like offensively. They were horrible all season offensively. Then they come to the playoffs, and they play well, and they're dominating. They're playing great basketball right now. The Warriors went seven games with the Kings. I told everybody that would be a good round, first-round matchup, and it was. The Kings collapsed in the second half of Game 7. The Kings were, I think, the better team overall. They were younger. They were faster. They played great defense. Darian Fox played great. Overall, though, Curry is who he is, scoring 50 points in Game 7. He is who he is, and he plays great. And then the Los Angeles Lakers beating the Memphis Grizzlies in six games. Expected it. I expected it. I thought the Lakers would win. I thought without Steven Adams and Brandon Clark, the Memphis Grizzlies weren't going to be have any height on the Clipper on the Lakers. And I was right. The Lakers made it out. Now we're on to the second round. There's definitely some interesting series here. Definitely some interesting games. As of right now, we're going into Game Four for the Eastern Conference. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, looking at the 76ers and Celtics matchup. James Harden played incredible in Game 1, 45 points. Then Boston dominated in Game 2, which was expected. To lose Game 3 on your home floor for the 76ers was disappointing. I don't know who's going to win this series. I know everybody expects Boston since they are up right now. Joel Embiid is now our MVP. James Harden is an incredible player. If they can find a way to use both of them, the best way they can, you know, get the best out of Harden and get the best out of Embiid. They 76ers would be unstoppable. I'm picking the Celtics to win this series because they're deep, because I don't think the 76ers really know how to play together all that well. And I'm not too sure they can win this series. And I don't know what it is. The Celtics just have their number. It really is that way. They, they never can get over them. And I just don't see it happening this year. The Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. Denver's leading the series. Denver looks like the better team in this series. I don't see how the Suns can win this series. I don't. I don't know how they can win this series. Unless you're expecting Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to completely go off like they did in Game 3. Durant had 39 points in Game 3. Booker had 47. That is not sustainable. At all. It's just not. Yeah, they can do it once in a while. Or one or two games in this series. You can't ask them to do it all four games. I just don't see a way that could happen. Not when Michael Porter's been playing good. Aaron Gordon had a down game in Game 3. Jokic had 30 points. He had 17 assists and 17 rebounds. Jamal Murray had 32. And they were only lost by 7 points, ladies and gentlemen. I don't see how the Nuggets lose this series. I'm picking it in five. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it goes six. Either way, the Denver Nuggets are going to win this series. They're the ones that are going to come out on top. I just don't see right now, without Chris Paul, how the Phoenix Suns can win this series. Now our fun series is the New York Knicks versus the Miami Heat. Interesting. Definitely an interesting series overall. I'd say these teams are about even. I like New York more in this series. But Miami's definitely been playing some good ball. 
definitely got some guys who are playing a lot better than they were all regular season. Still sad that you know Tyler Harrow is not playing in that game. But Jimmy Butler is one of the best playoff performers we have seen in recent years. Bam Adebayo has played a lot better in this series. Vincent, he didn't have a very good game three. Outside of that, he's been shooting pretty well. He's been shooting pretty well. Struts has been on another level. This guy is shooting good basketball right now. He's playing good basketball. Props to the Miami Heat trading for Kevin Love also. Kevin Love was a good piece to grab. Now, Kevin Love's not going to give you a lot of points. Kevin Love will get your rebounds. He'll draw the offensive charges. And he passes better. He passes the basketball better in the NBA than most and some quarterbacks do in the NFL. But he just can throw it really well. Kyle Lowry stepped up pretty big in this series, too. So I'm impressed with what I'm seeing. Jalen Brunson for New York Knicks has played well. Julius Randle has played all right. R.J. Barrett. I think R.J. Barrett just took a step up in these playoffs. Definitely played a lot better. I still would like to see R.J. play better, though. I still want to see him play a little bit better. He's got to be a little bit more dominant on the road, only getting 10 to 14, 10 to 15 points on the road, and then getting like 25 to 28 at home. That's not cutting it for me. You're going to have to do a lot better on the road, and you're definitely going to have to win at least one in South Beach to take it back to New York to win the series. But Miami's leading the series right now, so we'll see how far that goes. And then the legacy matchup. The Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Lakers. I have watched every single game of this series. I'm so impressed with the Los Angeles Lakers. I told everybody, this is a different team. This is a great team. Austin Reeves, big time piece. D'Angelo Russell, nobody to sleep on. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, we know what they're made of. Dennis Schroeder's been playing all right. You got Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's not good at offense at all. What's he good at, though? He can defend very well. Hachimura, we got to give this dude some credit. His three-point percentage in these playoffs, he's the second-best three-point scorer in the playoffs right now. He's doing phenomenal work. Brown Jr. has done good in these playoffs. Lonnie Walker got involved in Game 3. He looked good. They have a deep roster, a deep team, and they're hard to beat. And AD's got the advantage. Now, AD has to play well to help them win. I don't think they can win without AD. And when AD plays poorly, they don't have a, they don't have a chance. They won Game 1. AD played phenomenal and didn't sit. 30-23-4. He was incredible. Game two, they got punched in the mouth, which I kind of expected because I was like, Golden State's not letting them win two games at their home. 127-100. to to Klay Thompson, eight three-pointers that game. Played incredible. Curry, his scoring has actually kind of been down in this series a little bit. But I don't, I don't really doubt that. I'm glad the supporting cast is kind of helping him because they didn't help him at all against the Kings. They were pretty much worthless outside of him. Nobody was worth anything in that 
Kings series outside of Curry. Curry played incredible. So I'm glad they are helping him against the Lakers. In the Game 3 matchup, they started out hot. The Warriors were playing pretty good. They made an 18-4 run, if I'm corrected. And then, like, the Lakers made a 30-6 run to end the first half. Like, Andrew Wiggins, who's been playing pretty effective basketball, he played, he's played well in this in these series. And Clay Thompson has played better, but not like he did in Game 2. Curry, about the same amount of points he got in Game 2, had 23. No help off the bench whatsoever. Kaminga has done pretty well off the bench. DiVincenzo, kind of not been good on the three-point range. Was a lot better in the regular season. Not very good in the playoffs right now. Draymond Green, not really helping them on defense at all. More getting in trouble with technical fouls along with Jermichael Green. You're on the bench and you're mad about a call. You just keep talking and talking and talking. You're giving up free throws so the Lakers the Lakers can have free throws. On a total of free throws last night, the Lakers shot 37 free throws. The Warriors shot 17. They shot 20 more free throws then the Warriors, the Warriors made 12, the Lakers made 28. That cannot be allowed in this series. They can't allow that. The Warriors can't have 19 turnovers. They can't allow that. That just can't happen. The Warriors, who are dominant from three-point land, were 13 of 44 last night, shooting 29%. The Lakers, 15 of 31, shooting 48%. I mean, the Lakers beating this team 127-97, they punched them right back in the mouth. Overall, this series is going to go 6 or 7. I'm thinking the Lakers, I, I, I picked the Lakers at the beginning of this series, and I'm going to stick with the Lakers, but I need AD to play well in Game 4. If they play well in Game 4 and they go up 3-1, I just don't see how the Warriors get back in this series. But never say never, things can happen. Overall, been a very, very, very interesting NBA playoffs this year. And I'm excited to see who's going to make our conference finals. So, my pick for conference finals, Nuggets-Lakers. That's the Western Conference. Eastern Conference. Knicks-Celtics. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Miami, though, because Miami has been there quite a bit. And they have played the Celtics. So that's their rival. But... I could definitely just see it being the Knicks and the Celtics. And the Knicks-Celtics, I'll pick Celtics in six. I think the Knicks will definitely definitely match up better versus the Celtics, especially in the regular season. They played very effectively. I just don't think they can go on a long, deep run against the Celtics at the moment. For the Nuggets and the Lakers, I don't know. I, I would, I'd probably pick Nuggets in seven. But I also could see a scenario where the Lakers win because they play really well at home. So, who knows, honestly. The Western Conference is more of a toss-up than the East. Like, whoever wins the 76ers-Celtics series is going to the finals. There's there's nobody else in the Eastern Conference that's going to beat those two teams. In the Western Conference, though, it's a toss-up. Anybody can win. Clearly. We can just see that now. So, that is our NBA talk for this week. Let's jump to a little bit of MLB talk. 
While talking about the MLB, we are just going to highlight the best teams right now and some disappointing teams. Tampa Bay Rays are the best team in baseball, 27-7. and Definitely have been impressive this season. I didn't think they'd be this good, but they've surprised a lot of people. Same with the Baltimore Orioles, the Boston Red Sox, and the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, most of those teams in the AL East are surprising. Obviously, the Rays are the best, but the Orioles, second in, the, in their division, surprising. Boston Red Sox have made a run. Toronto is just one game back. Yankees have been really disappointing off their start. But the AL East altogether has been pretty impressive this season. The Cleveland Guardians in the Central have been disappointing. I picked them to win this division. Now it is early, and it's going to be a while before we talk about who's really going to win this. Detroit has a better record than them, 15-17. and 17. The Twins, Buxton, definitely impressive. We know the Twins have all the potential in the world to win the Central. The AL West, Jose Altuve being out, Astros are 17-16. and 16. All right, they're above 500, still doing all right. Now they're maintaining. The Seattle Mariners, disappointing as a moment, 16-17, not too impressive at all. The Angels, 19-15, and 15, and the Rangers, 19-13. and 13. I don't think anybody predicted the Rangers to be good this early, nor the Angels, so it's good to see both those this early. The A's, 8-26. and 26. Going to be a rough season. Definitely going to be a rough season. In the NL, in the East, the Braves, I predicted they would probably be up there. The Mets aren't far behind, 17 and 17. The Phillies are 15 and 19 without Bryce Harper. They're not too good at the moment. That just tells you how good Bryce Harper is and how much of a difference he makes to this organization. The Braves, though, impressive. I'm not surprised that they're winning the East. The Central, I call it the mediocre division of all of baseball. The Pirates are 20-14. and 14. Good start on the season. Definitely have been impressive. Didn't expect the Pirates to be good this early. The Brewers, 18-15. and 15. I expect them to be better as the season goes on. The Cubs, 17-16. and 16. Didn't expect the Cubs to be here. The Reds to be 14 and 19. I really didn't expect that. And the Cardinals to be 10 and 24. Nobody ever expected that. They are horrible this in the beginning of this season. I hope they can pick it up anytime soon because I don't want them to, you know, wait around too long to finally hit their stride like every team eventually does and then be way too far behind. And the NL West, the Dodgers, they they're gonna be there. Everybody knew they'd probably be on top. The Padres. Still working out that lineup with Tatis, Juan Soto, and the crew. I eventually think throughout the middle of the season, when we get around to there, they will definitely be better. The Diamondbacks, been impressive, 19-14. and 14. Glad to see them there. Glad to see them back up there. The Rockies, 13-21. I'm not really shocked by that. I am shocked, however, the Giants are 15-17. and 17. Thought they'd be a little bit better, even though I know they don't have the greatest roster. I still thought they'd be... Maybe the third spot they could contend for, but the Diamondbacks have proven everybody wrong this season. So overall, throughout the first half, really, of or the 30 games in of the MLB season, it's been impressive for some of these teams. And we didn't see that happening this early. Now, 
we're going to just jump out of the MLB real quick because it was just more of a short topic. We can talk about UFC 288. This was definitely a big-time fight. Sterling versus Cahuto. Sterling goes all the way to decision and beats Cahuto in the fifth round. Impressive. Bilal Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns. Muhammad wins this fight in the fifth round decision. I'm not really surprised because Gilbert Burns just fought in UFC 287 versus Mazadov. I thought this was an early take. I didn't think Gilbert Burns was going to take a fight this early, but he did. Definitely is impressive. Gilbert Burns will be back. He's just he's a great fighter, but Muhammad put together something special and won his welterweight. The women's strawweight was in the main card. Jessica Andrade versus Jan, and I'm not even going to pronounce the last name because I'm going to butcher it. Anyway, Jan won this with a knockout in the first round with 2 minutes and 20 seconds in the fight. Impressive overall. Movazar Ivyolovev, can't really pronounce his name, try not to completely butcher it, was in the featherweight fight versus Diego Lopez. He won in the third round by the decision. And the first featherweight fight of UFC 288 was Con Gracie versus Charlie Charles Jordan. And Charles Jordan won in third round by decision. Overall, good card. Now, Sterling wins his fight. Guess who we get to see, ladies and gentlemen? Sugar Sean. Sugar Sean O'Malley's going to get his title fight now. We've been waiting this is how it's going to work. And if if Cahuto won this fight, Sterling wasn't, or uh, Sugar Sean wasn't going to get his fight. He wasn't going to get his title fight yet. Sterling won. Sterling's fighting Sugar Sean. And that's going to be really impressive. I can't wait to see that matchup overall. That is our sports talk of the week. Definitely a. A lot of good things going on right now. Second round of the NBA playoffs. Second round of the NHL playoffs. NFL has been interesting. A lot of content out about the draft. A lot of still free agency going on. So still more to talk about there. More UFC fights will be today. MLB in the prime 30 30 games of the season right now in the start. So overall, impressive in all sports right now. We will be back soon. I will be back when the second round of the NHL and NBA playoffs have concluded, and we will talk about the conference finals, and then we'll talk about a little bit, we'll recap a little bit more on MLB and what's going on at that point. So thank you all for listening, and I'll see you guys later.